Welcome back to another episode of Cinemazing Chats. This is episode 11, and we're talking about Stephen King's Et. <laughs> by which I mean E.T. the Extraterrestrial, the Steven Spielberg film. Yeah, Et. I'm here, as always, with Erica. Hi, Pablo. I guess we decided to do this movie because um, it's kind of like on the bad side of cheesy. It's not such an obvious choice if we were going to pick any film of Spielberg's, like we could have done Hook. I wanted to do it because it does seem at least in my memory, to be sort of a beloved film, so I kind of just wanted to tear it apart. <laughs> yeah, and then also it happens to be a Halloween movie, uh, like that very prominently features in the plot. Um, there's an entire scene where they are able to take the alien out and about because it happens to be Halloween, so everyone's wearing crazy costumes, and he's dressed up as a ghost. Yeah, he's wearing the worst costume, but he, yeah, it is Halloween. Happy Halloween, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, happy Halloween and October 13th this month. <laughs> yeah, it's the spookiest Friday month. Friday the 13th, yeah. All right, yeah, E.T. the Extraterrestrial. He has a cute nickname. Right off the bat, this movie is full of the execrable 80s kids. Just like all these like smart-alecky, like, wise-cracking teens. <laughs> oh, yeah, all the friends were horrible. Like, at, at the end of this movie, I just really hoped that um, the kid who befriended E.T. like learned empathy or whatever and didn't grow up to become like those annoying kids in the neighborhood. <laughs> right. Um, this movie does actually have a pretty good theme, uh, which is just like understanding things. You see throughout the movie, E.T.'s trying to understand the human race. And <laughs> we kept joking that he was going to tell his alien masters about it. And then they'd come and blow up the planet. Yeah, it, uh... Because of how awful humans are. <laughs> right, this alien being shown our society through the eyes of children. Uh, it just did not look good for humanity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then that led me to realize that we're once again doing another movie by, like, a beloved director that was, in our opinion, sort of a misfire. And then it's also magical realism again. Like the entire film's magical realism. He's just using this sci-fi trope to explore this uh, like otherworldly theme. Right, yeah. E.T. is um, almost like a little Guillermo del Toro Muppet or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, or he's like, if Steven Spielberg were to make his own Star Wars movie, maybe it would be like this, like a little more serious and thoughtful thematically mm -hmm. like if he was just to take yoda and make an entire movie about yoda and be all about this like kids friendship with this weird muppet alien and a glowy finger a very michael jackson-y uh alien by the way we're kind of joking that we have no idea of knowing how old et is actually supposed to be <laughs> so for all we know he could like you're supposed to assume he's a kid infer that i guess <laughs> but for all we know he could just be this like really old alien who just happens to want to hang out with these human kids Wait, you thought he was a kid? I guess that's just sort of the fish out of water thing. I, I just always think when I watch it that he's like very childlike. And that's probably the reason he was got left behind and wants to go home so badly. <laughs> yeah, maybe he, um, it, yeah, he's childlike because he's like a fish out of water. But then he's, that allows him to befriend kids. Although I kind of thought he had um like an ulterior motive for befriending the kids was uh maybe that he could control them better with his mind control oh yeah i didn't actually remember that he had this weird hypnosis power like i think he just uses it the once and it's never mentioned again no he makes him go to sleep twice 
Oh, wow. Yeah, it says roofie power. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me that I just, I just learned recently that apparently Steven Spielberg wanted this to be, like, a more horrific movie. <laughs> he had originally wanted the alien to be this, like, scary, like, mean version of E.T., Mm. Uh, but then halfway through, they probably realized they could sell a lot more merchandise if it was like a kid's film. Oh my so god. So they like completely retooled it. And instead, it's like about this kid, like basically a kid friendship, like almost with like a pet. Yeah, it's like Casper the Friendly Ghost Alien or something. Or actually, it's, it's not Yoda, it's Chewbacca. Oh my god. Yeah, who doesn't want a Chewbacca friend? And there's that dog in this movie that's also like Chewbacca, by the way. You mentioned that. Oh, the dog was so cute. Uh, but yeah, speaking of, yeah, selling more uh, toys or whatever, um, this was this movie had so much uh, product placement. It did have a lot of product placement, yeah. It had the Reese, the famous like Reese's pieces, like luring, the kid lured the alien with them and it was like all over the movie. Yeah, the whole thing's like an ad for Reese's Pieces. <laughs> oh, and doesn't E.T. drink cores? Oh, yeah. There's a whole scene where the alien just gets drunk, <laughs> and then the kid gets drunk because they have this whole connection. It's almost like they're the same being, in a way. I can see how it um, was also meant to be more horror or something, because there were moments where it was trying to be right. a horror film. Like, there's, like, the cornfield in the backyard, and... The kid meet, oh, meets E.T. Yeah. E. in the dark, and it's all misty and freaky. Right. The whole uh, opening of the film is very mysterioso. Like, they have all this forest, dark forest, almost like chiaroscuro, just like pitch black. You need to see all this, like, uh, north, like Pacific Northwest forest. Or actually, I don't even know where it's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, there are evergreen trees and ferns. And so that does place it in, like, the Cascadia region, I would say. Yeah, and for some reason the government's already there, so it's almost like an X-Files scene where mm. they're, like, trying to catch the aliens, but they, like, run off. <laughs> yeah, um, it was like that. Yeah, get out of here, ETs, we don't want you. <laughs> Jeez, space racism, y'all. Oh, no. Well, um, but, the yeah, the spaceship looked kind of, like, uh, kitschy or something. Yeah, it almost looked like the ship from Close Encounters. Yeah. Uh, like it was very similar looking. It was like that. Um, and the aliens have a, a very moist grow operation of some kind. I guess they're like intergalactic drug growers. Like they're always looking for new plants. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like I bet they grow up new plants and make pharmaceuticals and drugs and stuff. Yeah, I straight up didn't even remember that scene at all. <laughs> the moist alien grow operation. <laughs> E.T.'s hands, they just, like, show a lot of his hands, and it's, like, a lot like the raptor claws in Jurassic Park. And just have this point of view shot of him running through the field with his heart glowing. Oh, yeah, the hearts glow red, and the fingers glow white. Oh, yeah, he has, like, that miracle touch that brings things back to life. <laughs> they went all out on the LEDs for this Muppet thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the effects in this are really amazing. Um, I think it's probably is, like, either a collaboration with Jim Henson or... Uh, one of these other FX groups, mm. probably like Rick Baker. And then the the John Williams score is also really good. Uh, it's like very iconic. Right, but it kept sounding like other songs that he does throughout it for just a moment. It would sound like Star Wars. It sounded like the Darth Vader theme. Yeah, there's like this dark theme they play a lot around E.T. that does sound exactly like that. And then there's little snippets you can hear like 
this things that would turn into Harry Potter themes. Yeah. And Did we hear like Indiana, Indiana Jones? Indiana Jones. Yeah. These Spielberg films are always so American, like it's the 80s, and all these kids are just like hanging out, <laughs> eating pizza. For some reason, the Playing fucking boy D&D. has to go out and like get the pizza. Oh yeah, no. Nope. Like nobody ever comes out of the curb. <laughs> yeah, the pizza delivery. They, just, they, they, they always go have to just like build long house. tunnels up to the house. <laughs> that was actually really funny. I don't know why the kid had to go out to where the mailbox was to get the pizza. <laughs> Yeah, pizza guy's like, fuck y'all, we heard you had ETs. <laughs> we heard you were playing D&D and you're gross. <laughs> oh, and I felt really bad for um, the mom because she just has to, like, have all these horrible, like, asshole, like, kids hitting each other and stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just a single mom and they don't even really explain what her situation is. They sort of allude to the dad being gone, but maybe he's just dead and that was a lie. <laughs> Yeah, was he dead or did he abandon them? Or I honestly don't remember. It's left very vague. Again, it's just that whole Americana thing about like everyone's got to have daddy issues. Yep. Oh, God. That isn't like so many movies. <laughs> yeah. So then Elliot goes out and he like hears a sound. And it's like you said, very like set up like a horror film. He could easily switch to E.T.'s like this child eater and just like eats him. But instead, he just, like, throws a ball, and the ball gets thrown back. The iconic ball scene. (laughs) He's tossing a ball with his dad. Oh. (laughs) Jesus E.T. is both his friend and his dad. Well, okay, sometimes the kid um, shows, like, no foresight and just does, like, makes horrible decisions. And then sometimes he's really wise in his own way. Like, he... He foolishly tells everyone, oh my god, like, I saw this alien thing or whatever, and then they're all just like, wow, there's something wrong with you. And I was like, kid, don't broadcast (laughs) it. Lay off the PCP, kid. (laughs) Uh, All those quaaludes people were doing in the 80s. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I also love the fact that as soon as Elliot comes back and tells them that he heard a noise... The two, like, older kids, his, like, older brother and the friend, immediately run and grab knives. It's like we're gonna yeah, kill whatever kids, this thing is. Something's gotta die. Those kitchen knives. That was really creepy. Kids running with kitchen knives. Like, yeah, it was kind of horror filmish there. And then Elliot has that amazing line where he calls his brother a uh, penis breath. Oh, yeah. And the mom says, no douchebag talk in my house, like, repeating what one of the kids said. Yeah, no, nobody likes a douchebag, Elliot. Oh, my God. <laughs> But yeah, I still don't really understand this family's whole setup. Like, they just live on this farm, and then yeah. they have this shot later on in the movie where it's just like this long, winding driveway. Yeah, they have corn fields forever in their backyard. But yeah, as soon as you go out the front door, it's the suburbs, and everyone has, like, driveways and, like, cul-de-sacs and stuff. It was trying to be sort of fantastical, like a fairy tale or something like that. Oh, you're right. It has all the environments within, like, a bikeable distance, because this movie's also very bike-friendly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have to say, my favorite effect in this entire movie was the animatronic Drew Barrymore. That was fucking amazing. <laughs> I really believe that was a little oh girl. Oh my god. <laughs> and not uh, just one of Jim Henson's Muppet creations. Uh, <laughs> so rude. <laughs> very lifelike. It went past the uncanny valley into lifelike or something. Yeah, <laughs> I really won me over. <laughs> First, I wasn't sold. <laughs> oh, oh wait, I forgot. Uh, they say the dad ran off to Mexico, not uh, Vietnam. 
Yeah, they kept saying something about Mexico. Yeah, I was like, Mexico this, Mexico that, and we're just like, what? I didn't, what yeah, I didn't understand. <laughs> Let's see, so Elliot lures back the creature without even really knowing what it is. Smart move, kid. Um, and just, like, <laughs> follows the trail of Reese's Pieces back to his room, and then he, like, hides it in the closet, turns him to R. Kelly. Oh, yeah, and it makes the kid go to sleep. That's when he first does his roofie trick. Yeah, he's like, this kid's tired. <laughs> Better knock him out. <laughs> and yeah, so then the kid uh, is like hiding this alien in his room. All thanks to Reese's pieces, by the way. Add for that to get an alien in your room. <laughs> yeah. Reese's millions paid for everything. <laughs> and then he shows the uh, E.T. a Greedo figure the next day. <laughs> Oh, yeah. There's, like, a lot of weird, specific Star Wars references in this movie. Like, later when they're walking around in Halloween, there's just some kid dressed up as Yoda, and they even play a bit of the Star Wars music. Like, John Williams just plays it for a second. Yeah. They're advertising Yoda and Greedo. We have to imagine. This is probably, like, the height of Star Wars fever. Just everyone fucking loved Star Wars toys and shit. It was realistic that this kid would have had that action figure that's true they're supposed to be like blue collar working class just like all spielberg characters but they live in like a pretty big house in a suburb in a nice suburb yeah he's just like don't overthink it (laughs) it all makes sense it's reagan's america the older brother's a jock right yeah he just like comes back in his like um football outfit yeah and I guess the younger brother's more of a nerd. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a Space Invaders shirt. That's an advertisement. It's like he was pre-hipster. He just, like, wore a shirt ironically before it was even a thing. <laughs> pre-hipster. 80s fashion. I also like in the scene where Elliot's um, playing with the Greedo action figure, he makes sure that Greedo shoots first. <laughs> But yeah, the big brother character really didn't make that much sense to me. Like, most of the time, the things he, were do- he was doing made no sense. Yeah, he was just there to be a foil, to be, like, annoying or something to the younger brother. I don't know. And we were kind of joking that the reason E.T. was there was he just wanted Elliot to raise a bunch of money for him, for his drug money. <laughs> He's like, Elliot, go out and come back with some drug money. Take some money from <laughs> yeah. your parents. Yeah. <laughs> I can't ever run low on my supply. <laughs> It'll be bad. Oh, yeah, and they immediately, like, gender the alien, right? Yeah, there's a scene where uh, the E.T. just gets into all these, like, um, I guess it must be Gertie's clothes, the little girl. So then he just comes out, and he's, like, wearing this wig and, like, a pantsuit and all this stuff, and and uh, Elliot, like, freaks the fuck out. <laughs> so it's such a big deal. Because he's a boy! <laughs> yeah. Why is he so short? Jeez, Okay. And there's so many antics with all the doors, just like the E.T.'s constantly having to like shuffle around and like be shoved into this and that thing. There's a scene yeah. where the mom like suspects that the E.T.'s around and he just like hides in a pile of um, stuffed animals. Somehow nobody notices. Yep. Oh yeah, like his face is in the stuffed animals. It's a ridiculous gag. Um... But also, how do they even know he's a boy? Like, does he have a giant flaccid dick just <laughs> off screen that we don't see? Yep. A nine-foot dangly alien That's penis. That's what the kid knows that we don't. 
And then from time to time, they um, check back in with the whole government subplot, all the, like, shadowy G-men trying to find this alien that they know exists. Oh, yeah, they have a jangly key man. Oh, yeah, that guy. He also didn't make any sense, by the way. (laughs) Why? He kept almost making sense, but then not quite. He was just there to jangle his keys at you. Yeah, but he was like, I've been trying to meet an ET for my entire life. And then he's like, oh, I don't care. Go at the end. He's like, actually, I don't really care. (laughs) Fuck it. Yeah, it was a half-hearted antagonist. But yeah, he's like just trying to track down the alien. And he has all his lackeys with their menacing walkie-talkies CGI'd in. (laughs) I really think this movie could have used more body horror. Like if the ET had been slimier and had like weird bits <laughs> falling off or whatever like the fly oh my god it, it needed just some more like slime and weird shit happening if this were a cronenberg film it would have been amazing but yeah this is the michael jackson of et's for sure <laughs> oh yeah so can we talk about how he um so yeah now that we for sure know that et is a boy <laughs> He then goes on a rampage. He, like, after roofing the kid and, like, developing some sort of empathic connection with the kid, he goes on a rampage, like, tonguing the potato salad and, like, drinking (laughs) Coors Light or whatever and, like, uh, watching, forcing Elliot to, like, imitate television he's watching. Yeah, here's where we first see that they have an empathic connection where one affects the other. Um, actually, it seems mostly one-sided. The E.T. can affect Elliot, but not really the other way around. And it would have been hilarious if E.T. had just eaten the potato salad and like instantly dropped dead. Like, it just didn't have the <laughs> oh, right no, thing that it needed. Oh, no, it couldn't eat. Yeah, it like licks it and says, yeah. Or something. <laughs> Oh, yeah, all throughout this, um, E.T. makes hilarious noises. Oh, and it turns the kid into, like, a raging animal rights liberation person. Elliot uh, frees all the live frogs that they're gonna kill with chloroform to dissect. Oh, right, so, yeah, Elliot goes to class, and E.T.'s uh, affecting him in various ways. He drinks a bunch of beer, so then Elliot gets hilariously drunk in class. (laughs) And then um, he's watching, E.T.'s just like watching all this TV and realizing that humanity's terrible and that life matters. <laughs> then Elliot gets this horrible panic attack and is just like, I gotta free all these frogs. Which, by the way, why the hell weren't the frogs pre-killed? <laughs> yeah, it was the They're just the like, it's alright, kids. Like, Here's some chloroform kits. And he was like passing it out. a of chloroform. Yeah. Just stick it with the frog <laughs> and it'll just die. And then you can dissect it. Yeah, and then didn't he promise them that it wouldn't murderers. be bloody? Yeah, I'll be fine, kids. It'll just go to sleep. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> and yeah, so but- basically throughout this, E.T. has been observing human nature, just like trying to get as much information as he can. We see him like taking apart the toys reading comics, reading books, um, just, like, generally trying to make as many observations as he can. It's like he's trying to judge humanity. But, yeah, humanity's gonna kill these frogs. Um, it's not a beautiful place. That whole scene was almost like, uh, like a little short film. Like, Spielberg was just, Spielberg was just like, I want to make a short film about frogs. (laughs) And here it is, an ET. Well, no, I guess it's supposed to... I feel like they did that because they want to... They don't want to uh, the government to dissect ET later. 
Oh, right. So it's supposed to, like, mirror that. So then E.T.'s watching, like, um, I think Breakfast at Tiffany or something, and there's this dramatic kissing scene. So then Elliot, like, hilariously steps up on a kid, grabs his, like, love interest, and kisses her. <laughs> just like in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, so, and doesn't E.T. drink, like, a lot of beers and then basically, like, watch this movie drunkenly? Yeah, he just gets belligerent <laughs> immediately. That's all this, that's all this alien does. <laughs> He just gets blackout drunk. Well, the older brother suggested it, and it's probably true. He's probably, like, the misfit or the klutzy one that got left behind. Oh, my God. He's the party animal of the group, and that's why he got left when everyone was, like, more responsible. They're like, E.T., you've had enough space drinks. (laughs) It was because he was just staring at the skyline of the city. And that's why he was, like, too far yeah. away. So, yeah, he's just, like, drunk, like... He was just tripping balls. Yeah. He's, like, the city's he's talking like, away. <laughs> they were like, E.T., don't you think you should come strap yourself into the ship? We're about to take off. And he's like, he's no, like, man. man. I'm just coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so E.T. is just, like, negligent with these kids. And then the mom is negligent because she comes home and doesn't she see the beer can and, like, doesn't react at all? Yeah, she's like that Gertie. She's like, whatever. It's been into the beer again. <laughs> I guess my kids are alcoholics now. <laughs> oh, I thought it would have been funny if, like, Ellie had come home and the mom was just like, I found an alien hiding in the closet, so I beat it to death. <laughs> Took care of that problem. No one comes between me and my kids. Oh, God. Yeah, she didn't just overlook it in the closet. Oh, there's a total mind fuck because at one point um, somebody's watching Sesame Street and Big Bird's just on the screen at the same time as the alien oh, yeah. like in the foreground. It was the, so it's like two different Muppety characters. The Muppet fourth wall and then you look at it's yourself and you're like wait I'm a Muppet. Someone's had to go to work in the morning, Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> yeah. But yeah then we learn that um, he, has, he has healing powers with his glow finger. <laughs> They do a whole time lapse of uh, a dead plant, and he just like brings it back to life. So basically, they must have done like a slow stop motion time lapse of this plant dying. Oh, and reverse the footage. holy shit! That's some it's cool tech effects. right there. Actually, there's a lot of really cool practical effects in this. Like the shot of the moon later was actually they went and shot the moon in such a way that it looked that huge, and then later they uh, superimposed the other stuff, the bike and the kid and stuff. Mm. But yeah, these these extraterrestrials must have a utopia, or else why is E.T. so freaked out by everything? Yeah, exactly. I feel like, um... Yeah, he's probably like, what the fuck is this? I better get drunk and get the fuck off this planet soon. Yeah, his whole goal in the movie is just like he's trying to trick these gullible kids into, like, helping him build a phone so that he can call home and be like, blow up this planet immediately and get me yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. But then, That's all he wants to do. Um, but then he kind of doesn't even really need it. I guess he has to reach them further, reach his alien friends further, because at the very end, he just kind of, like, comes back to life and just, like, draws them... Yeah, I think they definitely just come back sort of randomly. It doesn't necessarily have to do with the call. Although maybe he sent the call earlier in the movie and then they finally came back. Yeah, I guess it was supposed to be like he had to make that little device or whatever. But 
It did kind of seem like he just had some ulterior motive, like hanging out with the humans or something. He is just like this sad, lonely, little like lost alien. He just wants to go home. And there's that whole cliche of him like learning English really fast and watching TV. So he's like, going home. Oh, oh no, yeah. No. The whole time he's been waiting to learn the language because he's <laughs> just trying to get out of here. <laughs> he's like, stop giving me Reese's pieces and like hiding me in the stuffed animal pile. <laughs> yeah, this, this my treatment by these human children was very odd and alarming. <laughs> I had to mention that the sound design in this movie is, like, really weird. Like, there's a lot of, like, sharp noises. I don't know if it was some weird, like, design to reach children or something. Like, sharp noises are good or something. Oh. I don't know, but there's just, like, a lot of scenes of, like, Elliot just making these weird noises, just, like, screaming me, like, oh... <laughs> It's like making all those bizarre sounds. Oh, yeah, it's kind of like Home Alone, like Drew Barrymore screams when she sees the alien for the first time. Yeah, everyone's just like constantly screaming and like sort of overacting, but it kind of works because they're all doing it. It's the style. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then there's kind of a touching scene where Elliot and the alien are in the closet and the mom's just reading Peter Pan to drew barrymore so it's just like this whole thing where spielberg's obsessed with uh peter pan apparently oh wow that's why the mate protagonist is a child and then when they're in the closet that's when um that's when et shows off his marvelous <laughs> miracle touch <laughs> his, his light up fingers <laughs> yeah yeah, so he's basically a Jesus because he performs, like, miracles. They show the scene of him, like, climbing, coming out of the closet and he's just, like, wearing this weird, like, really religious-y looking robe and it's, like, all this backlighting. <laughs> he's basically doing, like, the Jesus pose he's with the light streaming in. Jesus, wow. So then it's Halloween, the Halloween scene, and the costumes the kids are all wearing are very alarming. <laughs> the brother's just dressed up, like, as a murdered hobo, presumably. <laughs> He's... I don't even know what the fuck Elliot's costume is. <laughs> the dog was there. The mom's a cat. The dog's there, but the dog's not wearing a costume at it's all. It's just a dog. It's like a really... It's a missed opportunity. <laughs> There's lots of zombie costumes randomly. I think that's what Elliot's costume might be, because he's all just, like, gray. Oh, bleeding. yeah, you're right. He is gray. And also, I love how E.T.'s just constantly pulling out all these powers... So that's when you get the scene with Elliot on the bike and and E.T. just starts levitating them up off the ground. Yeah. It's the iconic scene where they pass over the moon and the music's just like swelling. That's when we get the original theme finally. It's just like whenever E.T. needs a new power, he gets it. Yeah. He can levitate and he can heal and he can call his friends on his phone but i have to say this is like a really interesting way to make a sci-fi movie like it's not even really a sci-fi movie cause it's all about magic right essentially yeah it is magical like his magical healing touch his resurrection his like ability to float things the scene's clearly supposed to be like magical mm-hmm. in the sense that usually people say it like oh that scene was so magical the government's more sci-fi than the aliens exactly oh yeah the government's trying to shut down his dangerous message <laughs> Yeah, his dangerous message of love. The government finally shows up at the house, and they're just, like, threatening everyone. They're just like, everyone's expendable, just kill everyone. <laughs> the only one is the alien. <laughs> only one is the alien. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but meanwhile, E.T. and the kids are using his phone. And E.T. looks as shocked as anyone that his device actually works. <laughs> like throwing together record player like, and phonograph machine. Wow. It's 80s technology. Yeah. It's like, oh, that, that fucking shit actually worked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the goddamn 80s. We don't even have anything. <laughs> we barely have the internet. MacGyver's this phone together. Oh, and then she explains maybe to the government or to someone that the husband and her just separated. Is that the story? Yeah, fa- the father just went to Mexico. Oh, wait. And then what happens? He Elliot runs away with the alien or something? Yeah, for some reason they're out in the woods and at some point they get separated. And then E.T., the next scene, is just washed up in a ravine and he's horribly ill. It's, like, really unclear what happened there. He boops the kid on the nose, makes him go to sleep, because the kid's, like... (laughs) Yeah, he does this creepy trick. Yeah, the kid's harshing his buzz, and then he goes and gets wasted and ends up in a ditch. (laughs) He's like, shut up, kid. Yeah, I'm just gonna get... I'm gonna fucking get bloated. Yeah, there's a cute raccoon is, like, eating his dead body in the ditch. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's like, fuck off, raccoons. Need to recuperate. I need some Advil coffee. Yeah. Oh, and then, so then, because I guess Elliot wants help, he has to get the, he goes back to the government. Yeah. He gets back to the stupid G man. And, and it's like a child's dream of what a quarantine looks like. Cause all of a sudden all these men burst in wearing spacesuits. NASA suits. Not like, not like hat. Yeah. Not like hazmat suits. <laughs> Like fucking spacesuits, like you'd wear if you were on the moon. But then some of them later are wearing hazmat suits. Even when I was a kid, I was like, "This scene is weird. Yeah. Why, why are they dressed like why that? Why is this so weird?" Oh, and then they have to cr- they have to walk up the long tube in the driveway because no one can go past the uh, mailbox in this. Oh yeah, movie. no one can. <laughs> everyone has to walk all the way from the curb to the door. Can never just be at the door. <laughs> Has to be like a fucking a tube, ninety foot tube. Yeah, <laughs> it's a series of tubes. It's the internet. Oh God, the pre-internet. I don't even know what this note means. I just wrote creepy thing. Et introduced to mom. I don't <laughs> want to know what that means. I don't know. But yeah. Well, oh wait. So Et is very magical, and then the government kind of has its sci-fi explanation. They say they the kid and the alien have. A, their brainwave synchronized. Yeah, exactly. They want to understand how their brains work. They're like, how can we get this kid's brain too? Yeah. We just have to. We just have to say the alien is reaching for his weapon. We have oh, no choice but to take them all no. out. It's like plants. And, and the George kid had been given an day. alien weapon, and we had to take him out too. <laughs> yeah, the kid got in the way. He was trying to uh, protect him or something. Uh, it was a dangerous monster. Oh no. And he's like, (laughs) 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 you had said you had thought that this movie has was kind of almost a response to Reagan's America. Oh, yeah. All the things in this movie were almost symbols of that. Yeah, the suburbia and like the government oversight or whatever, or the government trying to dissect the alien. It basically just a metaphor for destroying this kid's life, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> exactly yeah he never even had a chance all he had was his desperate imagination for this alien right friend. that's all it was he just created a fantasy world 
Oh my god, did Darren Aronofsky direct this film? It's actually a uh, slow descent in schizophrenia. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see, so then, yeah, the science geeks do prove that the alien and the kid have synchronized brainwaves. So we actually get an explanation for that. There's a really cool shot where uh, the jangly keys man is talking to Elliot, and you can kind of see a reflection of Elliot on his helmet. So that was a cool effect. Mm. And then, yeah, basically Elliot and the E.T. are both dying. They both have the same space flu or whatever that fuck but the kid's not really dying i guess he's just experiencing it because it's like a one-way street like whatever the alien feels, oh he yeah feels. he's getting all his emotions yeah yeah he just feels dreadful but so et does flatline though yeah et turns into this dried up little cat turd it's like pales out it's a really sad scene it was a weird um explanation they, they said there's no calcium in his body and like his eeg oh which God. is the brain and then the ekg the heart uh those all flatlined so he just basically he's like e- he's a alien jesus he had to die for our sins he just experienced mortal death but not extraterrestrial death <laughs> he his ghost was still inside elliot or something i don't know yeah he just had his alien ghost in elliot and now he get he got it back he lost his huh, calc- like a horcrux. he lost his calcified shell briefly but then gained it again yeah so then of course the science people are like how can we get this kid out of here quick so we can dissect this alien while he's still warm oh yeah and the kid's like really upset basically uh, like et presents an alternative form of masculinity because elliot only has oh. like the asshole dad i guess who just left and then also the brother is like a jock and all the brother's friends are annoying. They're all penis breaths. Yeah, so it was like E.T. was his uh, dad who would play catch with him. It was like an alternative form of masculinity. Oh. Yeah, interestingly enough, when asked about it, Spielberg sort of denied that it was supposed to be religious, even though there's various shots throughout the film that seem like they could be interpreted that way. Yeah, and like you pointed out uh, to me, the the poster... or. The poster for this movie was like the god touching god's finger touching a human's finger but it's like et's finger exactly it's just like the adam and god and god painting yes yeah so ellie so we also realize how much of a one-way street this is because elliot's sort of ex- feeling the alien die but he's not actually dying Right, exactly. And then he eventually realizes, not by seeing E.T., but by seeing the plant that he helped bring back to life, um, it also comes back to life. So that's when he realizes that E.T. must be, must still be alive. Oh, yeah, because these aliens are botanists or whatever. They're really good. They can just bring plants back to life. Yeah. They've got the ultimate grow operation going. They just seed other planets and then come to pick off the, the remains. They'll make tons of different pharmaceuticals out of the plant compounds. So E.T. comes back to life, and by this point, he really wants to leave. He's just like, get me the fuck off this planet. Yeah. I, got, I got loaded. I got with some kids for some reason. I just want to leave now. Yeah, he wakes up saying, phone home, phone home. Yeah, he just starts making a lot of annoying noises. <laughs> the one thing he learned. Yeah, he won't shut up about it. Um, I guess he's really excited to get out of there. Uh, he had his fun. He has a light-up heart and a light-up finger. Wonder what else lights up. Yeah. <laughs> and he can do telekinesis. Um, yeah, so instead of walking on water, he rides on bikes that 
and makes them fly. Um, yeah, he rides through the air on bikes. <laughs> and he has sort of like insidious empathic abilities because he got the kid drunk. Um, mm. He basic he probably stole some life force from the kid to like come back to life or something. That's why he wanted to make a connection with him. Oh, geez, that's like the ultimate weapon. You could just feel bad, and then your enemies would just like, fall down. Yeah. Oh wait, was and I was wondering, was it when he healed? Elliot's finger with his glowing finger. Uh, was that when he made the oh, connection? You're right. You're totally right. That is when they started the empathic connection. Okay, so they seem like innocent healing aliens, but then they insert their mind into yours or something. They're like the Vulcan mind melders of this universe. <laughs> so all the kids are really glad that it's hoodie weather. Uh, yeah. So they all get on their bikes and they're flying over the government agents who are aiming guns at them and like shotguns. Of course, later Spielberg would go back and like CGI, like Lucas this all up and change their guns for walkie talkies. Oh, really? Because, yeah, in the, the one we watched, they said, no guns, they're children. Is that the original? Yeah, but you think that would have been enough. So they definitely would have shot. So that's why E.T. went with the kids, because E.T. knew that that would afford him protection in the end. They wouldn't, yeah. they wouldn't shoot some kids. Let's see. Oh, no, it's probably just that they were easy to manipulate. So then they uh, make it back to the forest, and they're all saying goodbye, and E.T. makes uh, the odd decision to kiss Drew Barrymore right on the mouth. Not really, though, but... Uh. <laughs> um, and then I was just wondering, like, do you think if you were Drew Barrymore, you'd ever feel bad this was the highlight of your career? This was, like, the peak of your acting ability? She, um, she has, like, this tiny role. Uh, but it's her best one. She basically has a Home Alone moment where she screams when she sees the alien for the first time. Oh yeah, it is her total like breakout moment that everyone remembers. <laughs> yeah. So then E.T. says goodbye to Penis Breath, uh, Elliot's brother, <laughs> and then says goodbye <laughs> to Elliot himself. Yeah. And I always wonder, like, in these movies, why they never decide to go with the aliens. But I think you mentioned that uh, Close Encounters uh, did have that happen. Oh, yeah, so um, it could have gone either way if someone had wanted to go with E.T. But, yeah, I'm surprised the kid doesn't just go since he's different than everyone else. Yeah, so they have uh, that iconic shot of the E.T. standing in the middle of the circular doorway as the, everything's, like, lifting up. Everyone's like, bye! Bye! Goodbye, E.T.! Yeah, and for some reason, like, the key the key guy, the guy with all the keys, just, like, lets this happen. I guess because he couldn't shoot, and the bikes were flying. Oh, yeah. Just because the bikes flew, he's just like, oh, well, look at him go. Bye, E.T. <laughs> yeah, throughout the movie, he's just like, this is my life's dream. This is what I've been working on my entire life. And at the end, he's just like, well, I can't do anything. <laughs> I won't yeah. stop this. Oh, and E.T. has a moment with the kid where he boops him on the nose and says, I'll be right here. <laughs> oh, geez, they probably could have made a sequel based on that. Yeah, he's going to stay inside his head and haunt him forever because that's what E.T.'s do. Oh, God. E.T. too, growing up Elliot. Yeah, doesn't that sound really powerful? Like, he's not a very, um, he doesn't have much physical prowess, like the E.T. aliens kind of, like, wobble around. They're, like, really goofy. They just have, like, long necks and weird squat bodies. Right, but they have, like, emotional intelligence, and then they can manipulate you with emotions if they get to mind meld with you. Exactly. Oh, yeah, like, uh, earlier in the film when he made Elliot kiss that girl. Yeah, exactly. He made Elliot do a lot of things he wouldn't have done 
And now he's basically threatening him, saying, I'll always be right here. (laughs) (laughs) I like the rainbow when the aliens finally do fly away after the the very long goodbye. Oh, yeah. They're like so magical. Yeah, so magical. It was crazy to think um, that all this was accomplished just with uh, like practical effects, all the like blinking lights on the ship and all that. Yeah, I guess the alien design was kind of cute. (laughs) And I found out um, at the end it says E.T. was created by Carlo Rimbaldi, and apparently that was the lead puppeteer, the lead, like, designer of the puppet. Ooh. So he must have had to walk, like, a fine line between making him scary-looking and making him, like, cuddly. Yeah. otherworldly, but still cute. Because it was kind of a spooky movie, um... There's, like, the list of what E.T. looks at that day when he's drinking all the beers. Oh, right. So this whole film is almost like E.T. studying human culture. Yeah. He sees Sesame Street. Um, he reads Buck Rogers co- a comic. Uh, and then, oh, he... The speak and spell toy is the phone home device. So, yeah, he's technologically advanced, too, I guess. So this movie's very fabulistic, like it just has the sort of structure of a fable. It's very simple. Um, But that seemed to have really resonated across the world because it actually grossed $792 million off a budget of $10.5 million. So it wasn't just a hit, it was like an Uber hit. Jeez, yeah, $10.5 million to make. Yeah, and I couldn't tell, so was E.T. mirroring humanity as he's absorbing all the television and the comics and stuff he's like becoming a drunk asshole or is that just how he was all along and he came to the planet to go on a bench yep he just like goes planet to planet he always (laughs) scopes it out for his thrills yeah his discreet pleasures Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot left to the imagination with this movie because E.T. doesn't say much. So I'm like, what are his motivations? That's a good point, though. He is kind of a tabula rasa. Yeah, I was like, who's manipulating who in this film? And you can even see how this film would influence like people who sort of um, not ripped it off, but sort of took homages from it, like Super 8 and Stranger Things. Yeah. He's definitely very inspired by this. Right, because this was from 1982, right? Oh, one thing that's really funny is that um, originally they had reached out to M&M Corporation, the Mars com- company, to <laughs> be the candy in this movie, but they, like, didn't want to do it. They're like, we don't want our brand associated with some alien thing. So then they went to Reese's Pieces, and they're like, sure. And they had, the, like, the highest sales of all time that year. Oh, my God. Yeah, now no one gives a shit about Reese's Pieces. But, yeah, because of this movie, they did. <laughs> So the kid who played Elliot did a few other roles around the same era, like uh, as a kid actor, and then he's mostly worked as a character actor in like TV shows. So Elliot, short E.T. would also be short for Elliot in addition to extraterrestrial. So uh, I had read that Steven Spielberg created this imaginary character when his parents got divorced. So Elliot probably is E.T., and this is just his imagination to deal with, uh, like, his horrible life. Oh, God, it's just like The Fall or a Darren Aronofsky film. Exactly. It's a brutal escape from his reality. Yeah, except it has nice rainbows. I mean, it's maybe not such a bad imagination. (laughs) 
Yeah, he tells his parents, I saw this alien creature and it's my best friend. They're like, sure, Elliot, sure. That also ties in with him being basically E.T. is Jesus. He's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So he's like a religious father figure as well. Yeah, it's like his friend and his father at the same time. And himself, because God is in all of us. <laughs> so this movie did win four Academy Awards. Holy but shit. lost the best picture to Gandhi. It won different prizes for effects and sound design and stuff like that. And best um, soundtrack. Yeah, but the soundtrack was just John Williams rehashing all of his old tunes. <laughs> It's kind of what he does, though. He sort of has, like, four different songs and like, he does variations <laughs> on each of those. Oh, yeah. It's, like, variations on a theme. And also, um, it was since it was about being a father figure, it was kind of like E.T. was another form of masculinity for Elliot to have in his life, another, like, alternative masculinity, because... That's in contrast to, uh, like, E.T. has all these feelings. Oh, the Buck Rogers and all those things, yeah. Yeah, and he yeah he goes by his emotions, whereas, the, yeah, then the, the dad was, like, emotionally unavailable, and his brother and his brother's friends are kind of, like, assholes. Um, oh, so I like it, that interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and then, yeah, they should have totally, I feel like... They should have just played the Free Willy song instead of uh, the John <laughs> Williams song while they're, like, flying on their yeah, bikes. <laughs> yeah, Elliot, like, bikes him up, and then he's like, oh, E.T., you have to jump onto your spaceship <laughs> to <laughs> make the jump. Aliens, go now. Yeah, exactly. It's a beautiful movie. Yeah, I can't believe Michael Jackson didn't do a song for this. Though, I I will say, like, of the awards it could have gotten, those four are probably sort of deserved. Whereas, like, I think it's probably best that it didn't win the other ones. I don't know. Yeah, it won for, like, specific parts, but I don't know about best film. <laughs> oh, who do you like better, Pablo? Yoda or E.T.? They both uh are like moist uh, yeah. environment moist habitat aliens <laughs> and featured in this film to be honest i could almost believe this film being about yoda like it's almost as if spielberg made his version of what his star wars film would have been oh, just this like little slice of life you're right an I, alien and a kid i bet in star wars they don't actually all speak english they just have like translators or something and so this is like, yeah, if Yoda land on, land on Earth without his translator, and he had to learn the words phone home. Phone home? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a great short film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the calcified corpse of Yoda, the rise and fall of Yoda. <laughs> but yeah, this and the Star Wars prequels, or the Star Wars reissues, sort of led to that South Park episode where they're like, stop stop messing with our childhoods <laughs> yeah yeah et shot first spielberg did later regret it oh enhancements. oh yeah like a one-line summary is that this is a film where kids abduct an alien as opposed yeah, to as aliens. opposed to the alien abducting the kids yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or hash or slash uh one kid's coping mechanism with suburbia <laughs> Or slash, it's fear and loathing in Las Vegas, but it's with this alien, and these kids don't realize that he's some sort of messed up freak. Yeah, ooh. 
Right, yeah. He's They're sh- like, oh, look at this cuddly alien friend. He's just like, get, get me the drug money. From yeah, my, from he my just uses them. Adventures. Like, Ellie doesn't realize he stole some of his life force to come back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Steven Spielberg's Et. <laughs> and is a perfect uh, haunting Halloween film about a Yoda-like alien. <laughs> yes, I loved watching Et. <laughs> The best Steven Spielberg film of all time. Of all time. Yeah, all caps et. Anyways, that's going to be it for this podcast. Uh, It's good chatting with you. Yeah, good chatting with you. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. (laughs)